imagine the aroma that filled the house as she baked snickerdoodles or peanut butter cookies or sugar cookies or gingerbread cookies or the most wonderful of all, chocolate chip cookies. When our extended family celebrated uh, special occasions together, we feasted on those cookies. And as we did, we told the family stories, the same stories year after year. We all knew when to laugh or cheer or sigh at the appropriate moments in the stories. When it was time for everyone to leave, my mother would box up the leftover cookies to distribute to everyone. No one ever refused or forgot their cookies. We treasured those cookies. At least for me, the cookies represented more than flour and sugar and spices. Years ago, my mother told me that those gatherings were important because children need to grow up knowing that there are a lot of people who love them and who will take care of them if necessary. So those gatherings and the cookies associated with them became a symbol for me of security. Those gatherings and uh, that sense of safety became my treasure. We can think of a lot of treasures that life on earth offers us. We can think of intellect or financial wealth or career success, on and on. But in our passage this week, Jesus warns us, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. With this command, Jesus identifies our problem. We tend to invest in the wrong treasures. He then graciously provides us with three reasons that we should lay up treasures in heaven. First, we should lay up treasures in heaven because heavenly treasures last. In Matthew 6, verses 19 and 20, Jesus contrasts earthly and heavenly treasures. Earthly treasures do not last. Jesus says that natural forces such as moth and rust can destroy them, and thieves can break in and steal them. Things that we value, both material and non-material, slip away from us. A job loss or change in marital status or huge unexpected expenses threaten our financial wealth. Chronic illness or old age chip away at our mental and physical condition. Cookies crumble. And so did my sense, my treasure of family security. Those gatherings happen less frequently than they did before, and fewer people attend. Some family members move far away and just don't show up in Texas anymore. Divorce and other broken relationships took others from us. And some have left us, not willingly, but in death. First an aunt, then my grandparents, then my father. And a little over a year ago, my mother passed away. 
Death takes loved ones away from us. And ultimately, it robs us of all our earthly treasures when we ourselves die. The ancient Egyptians filled massive pyramids with wealth that the pharaohs intended to take into the afterlife with them. But tomb raiders and archaeologists found all those riches still in the pyramids along with the dusty, mummified remains of the pharaohs. None of that treasure made it into the afterlife. Whether we live in a spacious house furnished in luxury or as a minimalist with only a backpack full of possessions, our attempts to use things or people to make our lives worthwhile ultimately end in futility. But Jesus says that moth and rust can't destroy heavenly treasures and thieves can't get their hands on them. Jesus here doesn't specify what heavenly treasure includes, but um, let's look at the handout for some verses that refer to treasure. Isaiah 33, the fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. 2 Corinthians 4, God made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Colossians 2, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Treasure, the fear of the Lord, and wisdom and knowledge about God and his glory. Also on the handout, you'll see some examples of heavenly treasures suggested by William Hendrickson. The spiritual blessings mentioned in the Beatitudes full pardon of sins, answered prayer, the enrollment of our names in heaven, the mansions of heaven, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, peace, joy, God's love, justification by faith, victory, the crown of life. God offers such abundance to his people. And what does it mean to lay up these treasures? 1 Timothy 6 says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. According to the Apostle Paul in these verses, God gives us good things to enjoy now in this present age. But there's a difference between enjoying earthly treasure and relying on it to give our lives meaning and purpose and safety. Paul urges us to set our hopes not on earthly riches, but on God. Earthly treasure cannot give us what is truly life. Only God can do that. It just makes sense to invest in treasure that lasts. Returning to Matthew 6, Jesus continues with a second reason that we should lay up treasures in heaven. Heavenly treasures shape our hearts. Verse 21 
Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. With Valentine's Day coming up tomorrow, it's timely to talk about the heart. Now, when we use the word, we're generally referring just to the emotions. But in the Bible, the heart uh, refers to the mind and the emotions and the will. It is the core of our personality, who we truly are. Whatever we treasure, says Jesus, settles in our hearts and controls us. In Matthew uh, chapter 12, Jesus again connects treasure with heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. The treasure that we store up in our hearts determines what comes out of us, what we do and say, whether good or evil. And Proverbs 4.23 agrees, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guarding our hearts requires us to examine what we treasure and how that shapes our hearts and therefore our whole lives. Which leads us to the third reason that we should lay up treasures in heaven. Heavenly treasure lights our way. Jesus says in Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23, the eye is the lamp of the body. So, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? We need good eyesight to know which way to walk. If we have unhealthy eyes, it's as if it's pitch black outside and we inevitably head in the wrong direction. But with good eyesight and good light, we go the right way. What we treasure determines the spiritual health of our spiritual eyesight. By relying on heavenly wealth, on God himself, we see clearly to walk down the right path. In life. Think back to what we read earlier from 2 Corinthians 4. God made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Through Jesus Christ, God himself shines in our hearts to light our way. Then in verse 24, Jesus tells us, that treasure demonstrates loyalty. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. By using the word master here, Jesus draws on the imagery of slavery to make his point. A slave is owned by one master. The way we live reveals whether our hearts serve God or our earthly treasure as our master. Jesus then says you cannot serve God and money. While it's not the only earthly treasure, money certainly exposes whether we are depending on God or on something else. For me, 
Money tends to represent, again, safety. My corrupt logic goes, even if all my family members disappear, my money will take care of me. <clears throat> For other people, money may represent status or comfort or power. Regardless, trusting in money necessarily means we're not trusting in God. If our hearts rely on money or any other earthly treasure to take care of us, we are walking away from God. If our hearts trust in heavenly wealth, we are walking toward God. The health of our spiritual eyes and the direction of our focus plays out in our lives. My mother loved telling stories about her grandchildren. One of her favorite stories involved my oldest two children, who are twins, a son and a daughter. When they were four years old, we were at my parents' house, and my mother handed my son two of her delicious chocolate chip cookies. She told him that one of the cookies was for him, and one he wanted, she wanted him to take to his sister. So, he walked slowly across the room, one cookie in each hand. His eyes were laser-focused on those cookies, and he was weighing them like this in his hands. I recently told my son, who is now 36 years old, that I wanted to share this story with you. And I proposed to him that maybe the happy ending to the story was that he was weighing those cookies to make sure that he gave his sister the bigger cookie. He said, oh no, you can be sure that I got the big cookie. This is a man who knows his own heart. As a four-year-old, he focused on a cookie and treasured that above generosity to his sister. And as we read earlier in 1 Timothy 6, we are to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share. We lay up treasure in heaven by being generous with our earthly treasure, whether that's money or cookies or time or whatever. This is the good investment that God calls us to make. I am thrilled to tell you that my son has grown into a man who makes that investment in heavenly treasure by serving God with generosity toward others. He is on the right path. I treasure God's work in his heart. And I treasure God's work in your hearts. Because as God's children, we are all members of the same heavenly family. My favorite photo of my mother was taken about 20 years ago at one of those family gatherings. In the picture, mom is joyfully laughing at one of those stories that celebrated the treasure of our earthly family. Then I remember Psalm 126. Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongues shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, 
The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. As God's family, we possess the greatest treasure of all. Our Heavenly Father takes care of us as nothing and no one on earth can. When we gather on Wednesday morning or on Sunday for worship or at other times during the week, we share our family stories about the great things God has done for us. Colossians 3. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is what God has done for us. He has given us treasure that lasts, glorious life with Jesus Christ now and for eternity. This treasure shapes our hearts. This treasure keeps us on the path toward our God. What a joy then to obey Christ's command. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Father God, Thank you so much for all you have done for us in Jesus Christ, for the abundance you have poured out into our lives. Enable us to seek heavenly wealth above all else. We treasure Jesus Christ as we pray in his name. Amen.